everybody welcome back to that girl with me Danielle Decker happy Saturday it is Saturday afternoon where I am at today recording and uh, thanks for joining me I'm so happy and so thankful that you are with me again this week um, I hope you guys have been getting in the holiday spirit we have been at my house we are gearing up for Thanksgiving although this year I'm gonna be decorating for Christmas a little bit earlier than what I normally do um, just because I have family coming in town and I'm kind of like, I want to get it done, right? So that way I'm not having to deal with it. Um, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. I hope that you guys have some family things, some fun things that you are doing for Thanksgiving, uh, making those traditions. And one thing that I love about traditions is that if you don't have any, you can make some, you know? If you're like, I never grew up having holiday traditions, well, this year is your year. Make some traditions. What do you like to do? And it can be things that don't even cost money. It doesn't have to be anything big or extravagant or expensive or anything like that. Um, we have little traditions that we love to do that don't cost us anything. It's just that way when you think of those specific things, you remember the holidays and that warm and fuzzy feeling, right? <laughs> so Anyway, we are gearing up to have some family in town, and we can absolutely not wait, and uh, getting our Christmas tree soon, and so, yeah, all the things, getting getting ready for all of that, and I'm so thankful that I get to do that, that I get to have family that, um, that I get to see and spend time with, and like I say, I hope you guys are able to do the same. So, you know, this week I am going to be having a continuation of last week. And if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, it was uh, Fruits of the Spirit, kind of part one. And, um, you know, what I love about the Fruits of the Spirit, like I talked about last week, which last week we talked about love, joy, peace, and patience or long-suffering. And like I shared last week, what I'm so thankful for with the fruits of the Spirit is that God always thinks of everything ahead of time for us, right? He makes things easy for us, and we tend to be the ones to complicate everything. And uh, But God makes things easy. He makes it to where uh, we can actually do it because He doesn't want us to fail, right? So when we have the fruits of the Spirit, these are things that God has already given to us. That when you receive Jesus, you have these fruits. Even if you're like, no, I don't have patience. No, I don't have joy. Well, no, you do. You just don't see it yet. In the same way that you plant an apple tree, when you plant it, you may not see the apples yet. You're not planting an apple tree that has apples on it. But it's still an apple tree. It still has the fruit. But it has to mature, and then the fruit come, comes. It's the same type of scenario with Christians. You have it, but as you mature, and as you grow, and as you exercise those fruit muscles, the more evident those fruits are in your life. So we're going to get right into it, because today, again, we're reading from Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And we'll just start with that. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace.
peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. So I'm excited today that we're going to be talking about kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And some of these, truly, I feel like are, I mean, kind of self-explanatory, right? Like, it's not necessarily hard to understand what kindness is. However, if you have been listening to me for any length of time or ever, ever listened to any of my sermons, I always love to dig into words at least a little bit more because when we read things on the surface, we tend to just brush them off as nothing because we just get so used to saying words that we honestly were like, yeah, 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 I know what that means. But like, really stop and think, what does kindness mean? What does that mean? What does that look like? Because just because we think we know something, we can so easily kind of push that off to the side and then never act on it because we think we already have it mastered. Does that make sense? So today we're going to start with kindness and we're going to start um, with Ephesians 4 verse 32. And remember again, this week I've got a bunch of um, scripture. So I hope that you guys can go back and listen to this and maybe write some of these scriptures down and and reread them for yourself because God just reveals things to you in the way that you need him when you read his word. So um, kindness. I love what this says. I looked up what the definition of kindness is. Again, I know what kindness is, but I like to dig a little bit deeper. And here's what it says. Kindness is a type of behavior marked by acts of generosity, consideration, or concern for others without expecting praise or reward. What I love is it's a behavior marked by acts. So this is an act. This is an action. This is doing. How many of you know that love is an action? Kindness is an action. Guys, the the saying uh, actions speak louder than words, where I've been teaching my kids that a lot lately, because kindness is like, yeah, I'm a kind person, but then you go off and you're not acting very kind. It's like, well, who cares? You can say you're kind all day long, but you have to be kind. Kindness is an action in the same way love is an action. Marked by acts of generosity, consideration, or concern for others without expecting praise or reward. This is being kind to someone else without expecting anything in return. And the perfect example of that, of course, is Jesus. He's always doing things for us. He did the ultimate for us without expecting anything in return. We weren't even born yet, but he thought of you. He knew you. That's the greatest act of kindness of all mankind. So let's read again Ephesians 4 verse 32. It says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What I love is that for we need to forgive as a present tense in the same way that God forgave us. God's already forgiven us. So first of all, there's your freedom, right? There's your no condemnation. There's your weight lifted. God already forgave me. That's done. It's over. I'm forgiven. Yay. Praise God. Let's move on. Now I can take that same attitude of forgiveness and put that towards other people. Kindness, the quality of being friendly, generous, 
and considerate. What does it mean to be considerate? You're thinking of others before you think of yourself. Again, who's the perfect example of thinking of others before thinking of himself? Jesus. Are we not constantly supposed to be growing and maturing and acting and becoming more like Jesus? But here's the deal. We have all of his attributes. That's what we're talking about right now. So it's like, well, I can't be kind like that. Only Jesus was that kind. Really? Because he already put that kindness in you. It's a fruit of the spirit. I will say one thing for me. This is going to be hard to say because I don't want to say it in the wrong way. Generosity. Okay, so like giving and all of that. I am not that good at that. That is not a strong point for me. And not to say that I, like, I'm not nice or considerate or caring of others, but I am not always, there are people in my life and that I've had in my life or people that I know that are really, really good at being like the caretakers or get, buying someone something that they know that they need or uh, like, a, like a thinking of you gift or things like that, being a generous person. And it's not that I don't want to be that way, but I'm not. But that doesn't mean I don't have that inside of me. It just means I need to try harder and work that muscle. The more I work the muscle, the easier those things become. The easier kindness becomes. The easier consideration comes where I can start to put others before myself. And you know what? It's okay to feel like I got to take care of me. I, I understand that things sometimes get really tough and it's hard to think about other people before yourself because you're like, I can't think about anyone else other than what I've got going on in my life. And you know what? That's okay. God understands that and I understand that. I I do. I've been there. However, God's like, listen, you are my hands and feet. You be considerate. You be kind of others and let me take care of you, right? Because if we are constantly trying to take care of everything, we can't be kind to others because we're only considering ourselves. And then God's like, well, I can't help you if you don't take your hand off of it. So it works all in this perfect connection of the way that God wants it to. Kindness, a behavior marked by acts of generosity, consideration, or concern for others without expecting praise or reward. I loved that definition so much. I love how God has been so kind to me, always giving, always loving, always generous, always thinking of me first and never expecting me to do anything in return. And I am so thankful for that. And that is when we need to turn that around and be that for someone else. Our next word Our attribute, our fruit is goodness, the uprightness of heart and life. Ephesians 4, 29. And actually, the more that I read this, I'm going to start a little earlier. I'm going to start in 28. Ephesians 4, verse 28. And it says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who is in need. 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. 
yeah, I'm looking at these other verses. Oh, gosh, it's so good, you guys. You need to read all of that. Read, just read all of that. Ephesians 4, 28, all the way through 32. But we, we need to get ourselves in a position where we're not speaking uh, uh, harsh words. We, we have our uprightness of our heart and our life. That means we're doing things like this says, it says, let him who steals, steal no more, but let him work. And obviously that's in a context of, uh, of everything. Have a good, um, how do I say this? Well, the uprightness of heart and life. Right? We don't want to be taking from others all the time. God wants you to stand strong, lift your head high, have that, that goodness inside of you because you are his child. You are his child and you can speak out goodness from your heart that it would impart grace to the hearers, that they would see that goodness inside of you because of who Jesus is inside of you. That's, that's Jesus living on the inside of you. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? That just means you're building others up. You have goodness in you that you can turn around and make someone else feel good. Also that you're living your life in a good manner, in a moral manner, in an upright manner. That you're respected, not in a prideful way, right? But to be seen as a child of God, to be not like everyone else, but that that goodness that is inside of you would flow out of you. And that goodness is God. How amazing is that? You guys know goodness. But again, I just I want to take these words a a little bit, a little bit deeper. Our next attribute and our next fruit is faithfulness. What I love so much about faithfulness is we always talk about faith. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. And you know what you do? Obviously, faith without works is dead. Okay, so God wants us to have faith in him, to have trust in him. But where? what's so awesome is we don't have to come up with our own faith. It's a fruit, you guys. That means God gave us faith. So what do we need to do? Work our faith muscle. So faithfulness. I've got a couple of cool things to share here. Faithfulness. The concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. Wow. I, I love that. Unfailingly remaining loyal. Wow. I don't know. A lot of people <laughs> that are unfailingly remaining loyal. The only, the only person that I know that is that loyal is Jesus. And I want to be that. But what's so amazing, what's so good is that I can have faith because I have the faith of Jesus on the inside of me. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And when we say hope, I know I've said this to you guys. I think we even talked about it last week. Hope, this is Bible hope. This is an earnest expectation of good. Faith is 
knowing and expecting that God will come through even in the things that we cannot see. And our faith is just staying and remaining with God, a consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. We cannot let the circumstances of our lives deter us from staying with God from spending time with him every single day. If you want to build your faith muscle and think, man, I want to trust God like that, then you know what? Hang out with him. Spend time with him. If you feel like, I don't have any faith. I Listen, you do. You do. God gave you perfect faith because it's from him and anything from him is perfect. So you don't have to create your own faith You are building and strengthening the faith that he gave you. The perfect faith that he put on the inside of you, you are strengthening and working out every single time you stay consistent with him, staying with him, remaining with him, hoping with him, and believing with him. That is faithfulness. That is faithfulness. And we can also turn it around and you being faithful to your word, to others, acting out in faithfulness. You have that too. But trust God. Trusting him, that's all faith is. Trusting what God says and believing that he is true. That his promises are for you because they are. And listen, It's hard to trust him or know his promises if you don't spend time with him. I know that because I get myself in those places too. But you know what? I can go back and say, no, I have faith because God gave it to me when I received Jesus. I have perfect faith and I can work this out in my life by remaining consistent with him and not letting the circumstances of my life deter me from being with Jesus every day. Amen. It's his faith. It's his kindness. It's his goodness. It's his faithfulness. And we move on to gentleness. Gentleness. I think of my kids when I think of gentleness, just because I want to be gentle (laughs) with my kids. I don't have an extremely gentle personality. If you know me, you know I'm kind of loud and excitable, (laughs) but I try to be gentle. And uh, what this says here, a a definition is for gentleness is moral goodness, integrity, and kindness. Moral goodness. If we are being morally good, if we are being morally upright in our heart and in our life, we can be gentle with others. Gentleness, integrity, hand in hand, doing what's right when no one is looking. That is being gentle. Being gentle with others, their feelings, their emotions, their opinions, even when we don't agree. We can still be gentle. We can be gentle with our actions. We can be gentle with our words. We can be because it's inside of us. How gentle is God with me when I want to flip out, freak out, and act crazy? God's voice is gentle and calming and kind and loving with me even when I mess up, even when I don't have it right. He remains gentle. 
and his same perfect gentleness, the way that he is with me, is what is on the inside of me that I could work out and give to others in the way that I act, in the way that I talk, in the way that I speak (laughs) to others, the way that I love them. I can be gentle, but I have to practice gentleness. And last, but definitely not least, because as last week when the last one we ended with was patience, and I think that is something that I struggle with the most, but I know that I'm not alone. And the last but not least today is self-control. And I hate to admit that I have struggled with self-control probably my whole life. Um, I I don't know why. I do think that some people maybe, I don't want to say predestined because that's not, that's not the word I want to use, but I just think personality wise, you may have a problem with self-control. I've always, uh, been kind of starting in school years, being loud and not being able to control my tongue and not knowing how to, to be honest, I had to really take a lot of time to control my mouth. And you might be laughing at me right now, but it's real, you guys. It took a lot of years and not uh, control my mouth in a way that um, I couldn't have a voice at all, but understanding and maturing in how I acted and what I said, not just saying whatever I want, whenever I want. And obviously my walk with Christ completely changed that as well. And self-control comes, as you guys know, in every way, shape, and form. And that is whether you struggle with addictions, no matter what that addiction is, whether it's drugs, alcohol, food, shopping, pornography. I mean, mean, really, you guys, these are all things that people struggle with every single day. And that is from a lack of self-control. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of other aspects and things that go into addictions. Please don't get me wrong. I understand all too well uh, what addiction looks like. However, self-control has a huge, huge part to play in that. And what we have to remember is, again, we have self-control. We do have it. It's whether we choose to use it or not. You have to choose to have self-control. It's just like, you know, when you're eating cookies and you eat two and you're like, it's fine, I'll have another, and then I'll have another. And you think, oh, I just can't control myself. Yes, you can. Y- you can, but you're choosing not to. And sometimes your flesh will try to convince you that you can't control yourself. And that is how people start spiraling out of control in so many different areas of their lives is because our flesh starts absolutely screaming because it will always be tied and pulled to the world to the earth, to the negative, to the bad. But our spirit is quietly saying to us, no, stop. You don't have to do this. You have control. And that brings us to a scripture, you guys, that I have read since I was about 18 years old. And um, this scripture means so much to me. And it is 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. 
And it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God, who is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What I love about this is you guys, there are so many times where we get ourselves in situations, whether on purpose or not, we get ourselves in situations that we are so tempted. We knew we shouldn't have done it. And maybe you didn't mean to get yourself in that situation. But no matter what, when the temptation comes, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when it comes, there will always be a way of escape. Always. He will never leave you in a position for you to fail. Ever. What kind of loving father would leave you and forsake you where you wouldn't be able to escape your temptation? That is not who God is. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you where you don't have a way out. You won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. Because listen, temptation is going to come, you guys. Temptation is around us every single day of our lives all day long. But it just depends on what you care about. Because you know what? Your temptation is not my temptation. And my temptation isn't somebody else's temptation. They're all different. Because the devil loves to separate us, divide us, and make us feel like we're alone. But you have the self-control to pull yourself out of that temptation, not by your own strength. No, it's by his. He gave you perfect self-control, but you, he can't make you do it. You have to practice that self-control muscle. And every time you're tempted, that's when you say, no, Lord, I know you're going to give me a way to get out of this. You gave me self-control and I'm not going to be tempted. And you are going to make a way for me because you told me you wouldn't leave me. You told me you wouldn't forsake me. And I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I will stay with you. And this is so hard for me. And my flesh is screaming. And I feel like I don't have any self-control. But I'm going to remind myself of who you are that I can get out of this. And I'm going to be better for it on the other side. Be with me, Lord. And he says, I'm right here. I've made a way. Because that is your loving father. Self-control is the ability to regulate one's emotions, thoughts, and behavior in the face or temptations and impulses. The ability to regulate your emotions, your thoughts, and your behavior. You have the ability. Self-control in your mouth, self-control in your actions, and self-control in your thoughts. We've talked so much about our thoughts and taking them captive to Christ's perfect obedience. You guys, one thing with God is never separate from the other. Everything that God has given us and does for us works together for our good. Not one thing is separate. When we talk about one thing, it brings us right back to another thing that God says. He cares about every single aspect of your life, every thought, every, every action, every ability. He cares about every single fiber of your being. And he wants good for you. 
So he says, here, I'm going to give you these fruits. They're from me, so they're perfect. You don't have to perfect them. You just have to work them out in your life. But they're perfect from him. They're a perfect gift from him. You have what it takes on the inside of you. You have the fruits of the spirit. But just like we plant that apple tree, you may not see the apples yet. But as it grows and matures, it's full of big, beautiful apples for someone else to enjoy. Not only does the tree get to grow it and be beautiful, but other people benefit from the beauty of that apple tree. And it's the same with you. You might think right now, I don't, I don't have any of those fruits, but you do. You just need to grow and mature in God's word. And when you become grown and mature and beautiful with all the things that God has given you, everyone else benefits in your life from you having the ability to produce that fruit that God has put on the inside of you. But remember, it's not on your own strength. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not. No one is. Only Jesus is perfect. But when the time comes, you remind yourself, I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I have patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm never, ever going to be perfect in all of those areas. I'm not. But if I trust God and I rely on his perfection and his strength and remember where those fruits came from, I can be better every day. I'm not going to be perfect, but I can be better. And I can remember who I am in Jesus because he was the one that gave it to me in the first place. Listen, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed these last two messages that kind of go hand in hand talking about the fruits of the spirit. One thing that I wanted to say to you guys is I'm about 25 listens away from a thousand and I'm really excited about that. And I kind of wanted to celebrate a thousand listens. And so what I'm going to be doing is um, if you from now until the beginning of the year, till the first of the year, if you share my podcast on Facebook Um, your name, every time you do it, your name is going to go into a drawing. And then I'm going to be drawing names at the first of the year. And if your name is drawn, you are going to win two tickets to Rooted in Christ for you and someone that you would love to bring with you. Because if, uh, if you don't remember, or maybe you do, but I was so blessed and so honored to be asked to be one of the guest speakers at Rooted in Christ Women's Conference this year. And so I thought it would be fun to give away two tickets um, to somebody that uh, would love to go and bring someone with them. So remember, from now until the beginning of the year, if you share my podcast, your name goes in a drawing. And at the beginning of the year, I will be drawing a name. And if your name is drawn, you get two free tickets. And so we're just celebrating uh, hitting a thousand listens on my podcast. I cannot tell you guys how much I appreciate all of your support. Every single time you guys share it or listen, it means so, so much to me. And I am so constantly blessed and I don't take any of that for granted. And I'm thankful and excited to see uh, what God has in store. So please share this message 
listen to it again. Please go back and listen to all, or I'm sorry, not listen to, but read uh, all of those scriptures. Read them for yourself and let God reveal and unfold to you what he has for you today. I hope you guys have a great and blessed and awesome weekend, and I'll see you here next week at That Girl.